Section 97 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World's Story, Volume 13, The United States. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 97 the sinking of the main eighteen ninety eight by willis j abbott humanitarian considerations rather than regard for imperiled interests brought the united states into a war which most emphatically their people did not desire the great new york newspapers day by day printed circumstantial accounts of the frightful sufferings in cuba one journal secured a large number of photographs of scenes among the starving reconcentrados which greatly enlarged were publicly exhibited in all parts of the union these pictures showing the frightful distortions of the human body as the result of long starvation showing little children mere skeletons looking mutely down on the dead bodies of their parents brought home to the mind of the people the state of life in a neighboring land as no writing however brilliant could a cry went up from every part of the united states that a christian duty was imposed upon our nation to interfere for the alleviation of such horrible suffering charity came to the rescue with free contributions of provisions and congress made a heavy appropriation of money for the relief of the cubans but everywhere the opinion grew that philanthropy alone could not right this great wrong but that the strong hand of the united states must reach forth too pluck out the spaniard from the land he ravaged and when a number of senators and representatives in congress made journeys to cuba and returning described in formal addresses at the capital the scenes of starvation and misery this opinion hardened into positive conviction then almost as if planned by some all-knowing power came a great and inexplicable disaster which made american intervention inevitable and immediate during the latter years of the cleveland administration the representatives of american interests in cuba urged that a united states ship of war should be permanently stationed in havana harbor the request was reasonable the act in thorough accord with the custom of nations but fearing to offend spain president cleveland avoided taking the step and president mckinley for months imitated him in time this act which in itself could have no hostile significance came to be regarded as an expression of hostility to spain and all the resources of spanish diplomacy were exerted to prevent any american warship from entering havana harbor ultimately however the pressure of public opinion compelled the executive to provide for representation of american authority in the disordered island and the battleship maine a sister ship to the iowa was sent to havana the night of february fifteenth the main lay quietly at her anchorage in havana harbor her great white hull with lights shining brilliantly from the ports aft where the officers quarters were gleamed in the starlight on the berth deck the men swung sleeping in their hammocks the watch on deck breathed gratefully the cool evening air after the long tropic day captain sigsby was at work in his cabin and the officers in the wardroom were chatting over their games or dozing over their books the lights of the town and of the ancient fortress of moro shone brightly through the purpling light 
not far away the spanish man-of-war alfonso the thirteenth lay at her moorings and an american merchantman brightly lighted was near the scene was peaceful quiet beautiful true in the minds of many officers and the man on the american warship there was a lurking and indefinable sense of danger their coming had been taken by the spaniards in havana as a hostile act though all the perfunctory requirements of international courtesy had been complied with salutes interchanged visits of ceremony paid and returned there was yet in the spanish greeting an ill-concealed tone of anger in the cafes spanish officers cursed the yankees and boasted of their purpose to destroy them on the streets american bluejackets on shore leave were jostled jeered and insulted yet the ill-temper of the spaniards though apparent was so ill-defined that no apprehension of a positive attack was felt as in the practice on men of war however the utmost vigilance was maintained only the employment of a boat patrol and the use of torpedo nettings were lacking to give the main the aspect of a ship in an enemy's harbor then came the disaster that shocked the world a disaster in which it is impossible not to suspect the element of treachery a disaster which if purely accidental occurring to a hated ship in a port surrounded by men who were enemies at heart was the most extraordinary coincidence in history this much we know at about half-past nine those on the main who lived to tell the tale heard a sudden dull explosion with a slight shock then a prolonged deep furious roar which shook the ship to its very vitals the people on the other side in the harbor saw the whole forward portion of the main suddenly become a flaming volcano belching forth fire men huge pieces of steel and bursting shells portions of the ship's hull rained down on decks a thousand yards away when the first fierce shock of the explosion was passed it was seen that the main was on fire and was rapidly sinking how wonderful is the power of discipline on the human mind on the great battleship with hundreds of its men blown to pieces or penned down by steel debris to be drowned in the rapidly rising waters there was no panic captain sigsby rushing from his cabin door is met by the sergeant of marines who serves him as orderly not a detail of naval etiquette is lacking sergeant william anthony salutes i have to report sir that the ship is blown up and is sinking he says as he would report a pilot boat in the offing the captain reaches the deck to find his officers already at work the men who have not been injured all at their stations boats are lowered and ply about the harbor to rescue survivors though the flames rage fiercely and the part of the ship which they have not yet reached is full of high explosives there is no panic at the first alarm every man has done what years of drill and teaching have taught him to do the after magazines have been flooded the boat's crews called away even preparations for a fight had been attempted lieutenant jenkins hearing the first explosion sprang so quickly for his station at a forward gun that he was caught in the second explosion and slain though a bolt from heaven or a shock from hell had struck the main it brought death only not fear nor panic the work of rescuing survivors and caring for the wounded was pushed apace for the ship sunk rapidly until only her after superstructure was above the waters boats from the spanish man-of-war joined in the work of mercy 
and her officers as though conscious that the suspicion of treachery was first in every man's mind exerted themselves in every way to show solicitude for the wounded and sorrow for the disaster when all was done that could be done and the roll of the ship's company was called it was found that two hundred and sixty-six brave americans were lost in havana harbor a friendly port after the raising of the main the american board of inquiry found that the destruction was caused by the explosion of a low form of explosive exterior to the ship on march sixteenth nineteen twelve the remains of the vessel were towed out to sea and sunk with all naval honors the bodies of the crew which had been recovered were buried in the national cemetery at arlington the editor end of section ninety seven this recording is in the public domain